0: Welcome to the Three Strands Podcast. Thank you for joining us. It's our hope and prayer that you will experience God's blessing in your life through our ministry. At Three Strands Church, our goal is to create a culture of redemption where people are free to experience the truth and grace of Jesus Christ. All right, we're starting a new series today called The Story Behind the Story. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay because it's just starting today. So, let me break it down for you, and then we'll get right to it. Uh, oftentimes, when Jesus told stories, people were confused or unsure of what he meant. They left the story um, feeling like they knew less than before he started talking, and that's okay. We're going to dig into some of those stories. They called them parables, right? The real definition of a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. You got that? I know kind of complicated, right, for a Sunday morning after you've been hibernating for 11 weeks, but An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So in other words, it's like a story about everyday life that doesn't seem to have anything to do with heaven, eternity, or God, but somehow it's connected, or the meaning of the story is directly connected to God, eternity, heaven, all that stuff, spirituality, right? An earthly story, a real-life story that has a meaning rooted in spirituality or in heaven or in God, right? And that's how Jesus taught almost all the time. He often spoke in what we call parables, these earthly stories that don't seem to have anything to do with following him, but have a deeper meaning that are directly connected to following him. And in the story we're going to look at today, the first one, right in the middle of the story, I'm going to give you the middle of the story first, then we're going to back up to the beginning. But right in the middle of the story, Jesus' closest disciples pull him to the side and they're like, what you talking about, Willis, right? They don't, they don't understand the meaning of the story. And so they're like, Jesus, what, why do you teach this way? Nobody else was doing that. Why do you teach this way? And Jesus is gonna give them the answer. And you need the answer because over the course of these several weeks that we're gonna be in this series, every story is gonna break down this way. It's gonna be a story that doesn't sound like it has any connection to God, but the deeper meaning, the story Behind the story is essential for you to have the best possible life you can have, for you to secure eternity in heaven with God, for you to actually be a follower of Jesus, his one true son. And so we need the story behind the story. So I'm going to show you the middle first where they ask Jesus this question. It's in Matthew chapter 13. It's where we'll be the entire time today pretty much. But Matthew chapter 13, if you want to follow along, or it'll be on the screen if you want to follow along that way. But Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 10, here's the question. His disciples came and asked, why do you use parables when you talk to the people, right? Remember, parables are these stories that are about everyday life that don't seem like they have any connection to God. And so they say to him, why do you use these stories when you talk to the people? What are they saying? They're saying, it's complicated, Jesus. It seems like the way you're teaching is confusing people. Maybe you should switch it up. I get that a lot from people in our church. Seems like the way you're teaching stinks, so why can't you switch it up a little bit, right? And so it's like, Jesus, doesn't make sense. People are leaving these teaching sessions more confused. Why do you teach this way? Jesus' answer is so important for us. Let me read it to you, okay? Starts in verse 11. Here's what he said. Jesus, he replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. Uh Uh-oh, time out for a second, because what it sounds like Jesus is saying is the truth about God, the truth about following me, the truth about heaven isn't actually for everybody. Is that what it sounds like he's saying? You're permitted to know what I'm really talking about, but other people aren't permitted to know this truth. Is that what he's saying? Okay, hang with me for a second, because he's going to go a little deeper in it. Look at verse 12 to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. All right, so you gotta put those two verses together. What Jesus is saying is not, my message is only for certain people and, and if you're not one of those people, tough luck. What he's saying is, my message is only for certain people and those certain people are the ones who are actually listening. And if you're listening when I teach, then I will give you even more understanding. But if you're not listening when I teach, then even the little bit of understanding that you do have will be taken away from you. Do you hear what he's saying? He's gonna sum it up by quoting a verse from the Old Testament it's repeated in Mark and Luke, because this story is told from three different perspectives. You could check them all out on your own. I can't even remember off the top of my head where they're at, but this one's in Matthew 13. And I think it's Mark, I don't know, 8 or something like that. and Maybe Mark 4. Mark 4 and Luke 8 or something like that. But you can check all three of them out on your own. It's repeated three times. You pick up a little bit of context from each version or each perspective. But he's going to quote this verse. All three accounts quote it. Paul quotes it again in Acts. It's a verse that shows up six times in the Bible. I'm going to read it to you. It's what Jesus says to conclude his answer to this question. Verse 13. That is why I use these parables. And here's the quote from the Old Testament from Isaiah. For they look, but they don't really see. And they hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This is what he's saying, okay? This is what he's saying. I'm gonna keep teaching till the day I die. I'm gonna keep throwing out truth about God's kingdom and heaven and how to follow me and how to have a life that is successful and filled with peace and freedom and joy. But if you're just hearing me and not really listening, you're gonna lose even the little bit of understanding you have. In other words, just showing up isn't enough. just coming out to see me do some tricks or to hear me tell a story isn't actually enough. You've got to understand the meaning behind the story, the story behind the story. And if your heart isn't in the right place, it'll never make sense to you. In other words, my teaching doesn't start with you understanding every little detail. My teaching starts with you trusting me. And if you trust me, with the little bit of information you've got, then I will reveal even more information to you. But if you are flippant and arrogant and think my teaching is foolish and that you don't need it, then even what little you do understand will be taken away from you. Paul goes even one step further in Acts and says that teaching will be taken away from you and given to somebody else. It's not like God's gonna sit back and throw a fit and cry. Be like, oh, they won't listen to me. He's going to take that message, and he's going to give it to somebody who will listen to him. And what Jesus is saying, and he's going to say this phrase a lot, you'll hear it today too, is if you have ears to hear, then listen to what I'm saying. Because everybody doesn't have ears to hear. Some people think they got it all figured out. Some people think maybe Jesus has thrown out some good information, but it's just not for them. Some people think Jesus is probably telling the truth, but... I don't really want to give up what he's asking me to give up. Some people just want to continue to trust in themselves. Some people want to continue to doubt Jesus. And he says, that's fine. You get to do that. But you won't be one of the ones who gets more information. You won't be one of the ones who gets more revelation revealed to you. You won't be one of the ones who gets deeper understanding. No, what little you do have will be taken and given to somebody else. It's a sobering thought. But I hope today you'll have ears to hear. You may not. In fact, what Jesus is going to teach us today is there's a better than not chance that about 75% of you in the room won't have ears to hear what we're going to say. And over the years, Kenny and I have said to each other often, last week was one of those weeks. I said this to him last week. We were talking a little bit. I don't understand how people can sit here and hear the truth and grace about Jesus so plainly. Hear us say it so succinctly hear us describe it from God's word so easily and just walk out the door and be like I'm good but the story Jesus is going to tell today explains exactly how that happens I'm going to explain it to you I'm going to read it to you and then explain it to you what Jesus is saying it's it's a way of Jesus telling a story to everybody but only giving the real meaning to the people who are actually listening Okay, so let me read you the story first that was confusing for everybody because it doesn't seem like it has anything to do about with God or spirituality. Let me read it to you. It's in Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse one. Here's the story, ready? "'Later that same day, Jesus left the house "'and sat beside the lake. "'A large crowd soon gathered around him, "'so he got into a boat. "'Then he sat there and taught "'as the people stood on the shore. "'He told many stories in the form of parables.'" Such as this one. Now, here's the story. You ready? This is what Jesus said to him Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. And then here's Jesus' line that's going to come up over and over in the series. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now in that whole story, is nine verses there we just read. In that whole story, he doesn't say the word God, heaven, believe, himself. He doesn't say Jesus. He doesn't say follow me. Nothing that sounds like the gospel. Nothing that sounds like the truth about God. He's just talking about farming, isn't he? He's talking about farming. So I brought some stuff to help us see it today. Here's my seed. Yeah, that's sunflower seed. If we can save some of these, I can eat those later, Sam. but I brought some seed. So if you if you go to uh, Mark's account of this story, you'll find out that Jesus, when he talks about the seed, is talking about the truth of God's word, truth from God. This is the truth, okay? And when he talks about the farmer, he's talking about anyone who goes out and throws out that truth. Hey Amen. I got some truth for you, and you throw it out, right? Okay. So that's what he's talking about. And then he comes to these this farm. This is our farm. You guys see our farm? I know. it looks. It's, I plowed it this morning. It's looking good. All right, so I asked some people to help me out today, right? So Jesus describes four different types of dirt, right? Four different types of ground. The first one he called the footpath in our translation. Now, some translations call that the hard ground or the side of the road. So let me, let me help you visualize what that one is. That's like if you imagine there were no cars, they were just like wagons and chariots, right? And you get these dirt roads and down the middle of the dirt road is like a strip of grass. You know what I'm talking about? And then there's like two ruts where the wheels would always run. You, see, you can see it in your head, right? A dirt road. And so those two ruts where the wheels would run on a wagon or a chariot, that's the footpath. That's the side of the road that's all pressed down and hard you'd have a lot of trouble planting anything on that hard ground, right? Because it's so compacted. Okay, that's the first soil. Then the second soil is like rocky soil, rocky ground. And that's like, he says, a little thin layer of soil with a bunch of rock underneath it. And stuff does grow in that. But it just can't grow roots down real deep because there's rock underneath a little bit of soil on top. So it grows up, but there's no deep roots, right? Then the third type of ground he describes is the thorny soil or the thorny ground. This is soil that's got thorns and weeds all through it. And so you'd have a tough time planting crops in it because it's full of thorns and weeds. If you were going to plant any crops in that, you'd have to get that all out of there first, right? And then, of course, the fourth one he describes, he calls it the good soil or the good ground. And this is the kind of ground that seed falls on it and it grows and produces, he says. 30, 60, 100 full, produces a bunch of crops, right? So I asked four people to help me out today. And so each one of these people is gonna represent one of these types of dirt, all right? I actually asked them all not to shower this morning so it'd be dirtier. I didn't do that. It's not okay with coronavirus. You gotta be clean, hygiene, all that stuff. So they all shower today, I think. I think. If I smell any of them, I'll let you know, okay? But I asked all four of them to come up and they're going to represent a different kind of dirt. And so uh, we wanted you to be able to see the truth today and to hear the truth today. So we're ready for you guys to see. Each buddy's got, each person's got their own dirt, and each person's got their own theme song. Is that okay? All right. So Abby is going to come up. She's going to represent our hard ground because I don't know anybody with a harder head, right? Okay, so Abby, you come up. You're going to represent our hard ground. rock bottom oh, of her heart, mind. yeah, all right. hard, hard, you guys got, it's, too it's too hard, hard to find songs about mind. dirt, all right, just saying, okay, you so then I asked, um, so then I asked uh, Maddox if he would represent our rocky soil, all right, so Maddox is going to come up, he's going to be our rocky soil, oh. all right, that's rocky ground, right? All right, if you don't recognize that as rocky ground, then that means just not old enough, okay, that's actually rocky ground, okay. And then, uh, and then I asked uh, uh, Allison if she would represent our thorny ground. Now, this is hard for her because she actually is not really thorny. She's like much more like a rose. But I asked her to come up and represent our thorny ground because I think we all know. Every rose has its right? Every rose has a thorn. So, so she's like got to be our thorny ground. Right? Every night has its dawn. Yeah. That's her. She is like a rose, but like she got some thorns. Thorn. Okay? You're right. you're and then I asked uh, and then I asked uh, Big John, where's Johnny? Where is he? Oh, there he is. I asked Johnny if he'd be our good ground. Because look, I mean, look at him. Everybody knows. He's like a good kid, right? Everybody knows. So, come on. It's all yeah. I so know. he's taking the dirt road, all right? so he's yeah.
1: I'm side it for good
0: years. Dirt. It's gone where right. we go. It ain't, easy. it ain't supposed to be. You gotta be six feet apart, all right? Six feet apart. And if so you got a cough, do it in your elbow. And, and if, you, if you have to cough, shouldn't even be here. So, okay. All right, so these are our types of ground. You guys see them, right? We've got hard ground. We've got rocky ground. We've got thorny ground. And we've got good ground. Now, Jesus is going to explain these types of ground, okay? So I'm going to read you his explanation first as he gathers together the ones who are really listening. He explains the story and then we're going to talk through it, okay? So it's in verse 18. In verse 18 of Matthew 13, here's Jesus' explanation. You ready? Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath, that's the hard ground. Go ahead, Abby, put your hand up. That's it. yeah. Hard head, just point at your head. Hard head, hard head. And then in Maddox, when we get to you, you can point rocks in your heart. Rocks, in, okay. Hard head and rocks, okay. The, he says the seed that fell on the footpath or the hard ground represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil. You only got one job. You're supposed to point your heart. You're yawning and falling asleep up here. Man. All right. <clears throat> the seed that fell on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Show us joy. That's joy. What that looked like? Teacher, I have to go to the bathroom. What was that? <laughs> Show us joy. What's what's that? That's not joy. What is that? All right. Immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell on thorny on thorns. This is you. you pretend like you're like poking at it. Hurts. Like oh, ouch, ouch. Okay. Yeah, that's good way better than teacher. Can I go to the bathroom? I like that. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hears, hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil, that's you. Can you, like, that? look like an angel or something. Like, you're real good. Yeah. It's, or as he calls it, my normal look. That's what he, yeah. Okay. The seed that fell on good soil, Chad's like, you don't know him at all. <laughs> The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as they planted. All right, that's Jesus's explanation. Here's what he's saying. Let's see it too. What he's saying is the farmer, whoever the farmer is, It could be Jesus's teaching, it could be your preacher in church on Sunday, it could be you as you're reading God's Word at home on your own, it could be somebody in your life group sharing a a word of encouragement or a piece of truth with you, it could be a devotional book you're reading, something you picked up at the three source, any source of information that is true about God or heaven or eternity or following Jesus, right, comes around and throws the seeds out, just like that, I know, it's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You see what I'm doing? Throws them out. All right. Now some of those seeds hit your dirt. You with me? I, I was trying to get it in the. I was trying to. I've been saving it up for a month. Trying to. All right. Some of those are going to get in your flower pot, right? But some of them aren't. Some of them are going to. It's like we're at a wedding. It's like we're. Here it comes. Right. It's. It's so some. Of, but some of them fall on the ground. They fall all over the place. That's what Jesus is saying. His message isn't reserved for a select few, Americans or Christians or people who think they're religious or pious. It's not reserved for the people who are smarter or richer or prettier or different. Or it's not It's going out all over the place. But it's landing on you. The question is not who is Jesus offering the message to? The question is, is my ground ready to receive the message? That's what he's trying to say. You with me? So some of, the, some of the seed falls on this hard ground. The hard ground represents the person who their, their heart is so callous to God that you're not getting through. No matter what you say, no matter what you do. I, I brought like, I brought, some, this is visual aid day at Three Strands, okay? Can you put that on? I can't get closer to you, so can you put that on? I brought you guys... This is a visual aid. These are on your shoulder too. That's six feet in France, and so uh, she's putting on an ear. She's putting on a blindfold and earplugs, maybe. So Abby's putting on these ear. Uh, this is the the footpath, the hard ground, the side of the road that's been beaten down by the wagon wheels over and over again. No matter how much seed, you have to wear the blindfold, not like your and mask. Glasses. Yeah, yeah. Can you put it over the ma- over your glasses? If they want to oh my goodness. She gets that from you, Heather. She gets that from you. All right. And what he's saying is, the footpath people, if that's your ground, no matter how hard I preach, no matter what book you pick up, no matter what truth somebody in your life tries to offer you, you're not going to hear it because your earplugs are in. No matter what miracle Jesus does, no matter how much freedom he gives people, no matter how much hope he provides for people in this church— there's going to be people who just won't see it cuz they got blinders on. The footpath. Their heart is so hard that the seed can't ever penetrate the surface. And so the devil, Jesus says in the story it was birds, but his explanation was the evil one, come by and just eat the seeds up. Just just takes the seeds away from you before anything can ever happen with them with them they're gone. And you're left not. And this person is the kind of person who says a lot of things like this. Maybe you've heard people say this. Well, I tried church, but it didn't work. You're hearing me say that? I went to Life Group, but I didn't get anything from it. I tried reading my Bible, but I didn't understand it. And the problem with the person who is the footpath ground, the hard ground, is they still think it's about it, but it's about Him. There is no it. They're trying to, to add Jesus to their life to make it some thing that they accumulate or acquire, and it's really a relationship with a person. But they don't get any space in their life for that because they're so compressed, so distant from God, so resistant to anything they can't figure out on their own that no truth can ever penetrate their heart. They might sit in a chair at our church, and with their attitude, they might look at you and just be like, bless me. How dare you? That's this person. You can't bless them. Any blessing that would come their way, they'd write off as a coincidence. Any miracle that would come to their life, they would just conclude there's a scientific explanation for it. Any reversal or recovery or healing in somebody's heart where they break free from addiction or overcome their tendencies or rise up and become a brand new person, they would write off as something they did out of willpower, not out of God's power. There is no blessing you could show them that would crack the surface and there is no truth you could throw on them that would sink down and grow. The footpath. Then he gets to the rocky ground. The rocky ground represents people who listen to the truth about Jesus in God's kingdom and immediately receive it with joy it says They like what they hear but it never actually changes them We got these at our church too They come every week I like what I hear it feels good it sounds right I'm down with it But they go out and nothing's different Nothing changes They're shallow and, and, and you can't see this in Maddox's flower pot, but this whole, can, maybe I can tilt it just a little. Can you guys see the dirt on top of that? But from like right there down, it's all rock. I filled that with rock. Just a little bit of dirt. And you could plant something in that. And it would grow. Now, Abby's, you couldn't plant anything in that. Now, give me that, blindy. You couldn't plant anything in that. That is rock hard. Sam, am I lying? Is that rock hard? Feel that thing. That's hard, man. That's concrete. I poured concrete in that last night, right? So there's a little tiny bit of soil mixed with concrete, and the rest of that, if I hit you with that, it hurt. All right. Any disobedient sidekicks will be taking you out back afterwards to hit you with the hard ground, okay? So I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. All right, that's the hard ground, right? You can't plant anything in that. Now, Maddox is rocky ground. You could plant something in that, and it'll grow. They receive it with joy. It just won't grow very deep. Because once it gets down about an inch or two, they're just rock. And so Jesus says the sun comes out, heats it up, scorches it. And because the roots don't go down very deep, it hasn't been able to get the deep, deep water in the ground, it just dries out and dies. And so he says that's like the person that comes into church or goes to a Bible study or reads a Christian book or listens to some worship music, and they like what they hear. It makes them feel all warm and fuzzy inside. But nothing ever changes. They don't ever put any of it into practice. And eventually, life gets rocky. They get made fun of. They get challenged on their faith. And they bail on Jesus. Because they don't have any depth to their character, to their faith. It never actually changes them. It never goes deep down in the soil. So they bail on Jesus as soon as life smacks them in the face, and it will smack you in the face. Don't get angry at Jesus because the storm comes. Get angry at you for not being ready for the storm. He said it was coming. So Maddox, I called him. He's like, cotton candy faith. This is cotton candy. It's hard to find cotton candy in this county. I want you to know that, but we found the only one. It's watermelon. You can put that down. It's watermelon, cotton candy. I haven't eaten any of that or breathed on it or coughed or injected coronavirus. So if you want to eat it, you can. And so he's eating cotton candy. Oh, he comes to church like, oh, they made me biscuits and gravy. I love the biscuits and gravy at church. I go to life group. Somebody different brings me food every week. It's ridiculous. I love it. Oh, I love when that pastor tells stories. When Kenny teaches, he's so funny. It's like listening to Seinfeld teach. I love it when Kenny teaches. Oh, Kenny's up here, he's like knocking, two guys went into a bar. Everybody's like, ha, 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 Kenny, that's so funny, you know? And then I'm up here, I tell like a great joke. And it's like, crickets, crickets, Sam, right? And he's just loving it so, he loves everything about church and life group and spiritual conversation. He loves it. But never changes anything he does. He just likes to feel good. And so eventually... Somebody beats him up a little bit. Oh, hey, church boy, I see you're all, you think you're different now. And he bails on Jesus because life got a little hard. I thought it was supposed to get better when I went to church. I thought it was supposed to get better when I followed Jesus. And here life is still hard. I quit. And they bail. As soon as their faith gets challenged, they abandon the message they heard. You might even think they were a real Christian. They showed up 10 times in a row and. They were like raising their hands and shouting out in praise. And they were excited about church only to find out that like somebody in their family got cancer and they left. You haven't seen them for three months now. And they get fired from their job and they bail because life got hard. And they thought it was just, and they're out looking for the next thing to make them feel all warm and fuzzy inside. They don't want a chair where they listen, learn, and change. They want a massage chair that just keeps them comfortable where they're at. Here's the third ground, the thorny ground. The thorny ground, right? This is the person, this represents the people who listen to the truth about Jesus and God's kingdom. They also like how it sounds, just like Maddox did. But then they decide it isn't really worth it. They might stick around for a long time. But they decide that Jesus can just be one more piece of the puzzle in their life. And so they allowed thorns and weeds from their past to stay planted right in their ground. And when that seed comes fallen on their ground, it's in there and it takes root and it grows. But it grows up with the weeds. It grows up with the thorns. And eventually they choke it out. This is what's happening. I, 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 brought a, I don't have a megaphone, so I brought a funnel. So this is going to be a megaphone. Can you just hold that up to your ear a second? Yeah, that's like this person that comes in. and Man, if everybody would just do this when they came to church, we'd be like, I know who you are. I know you're the rocky dude. You're the hard dude. You're the they don't do this though, okay? They just all look the same when they come in, right? And so she got that one ear listening for what the world's offering. Oh, I can have my cake and eat it too. And Jesus is one more thing I add to my life. But it doesn't work like that. Worship and weeds, can't coexist. The weeds will choke it out. Now, unlike the rocky ground that dies pretty quick because life gets bad pretty quick, the thorny ground takes a while to get killed off because the weeds, they kill the grass and the plant. They kill it slowly. So they're choking her out slowly. And She's still coming to church and she's still in life group. And, but she's like, I can still have my sin and my Savior at the same time. I can still do what I feel like doing and still say, I'm following Jesus. I can mush them together, but it doesn't work that way. And eventually, Jesus says, the thorns choke out the seed, the flowers. Then the fourth ground, he says, the good ground. Just a note I put in my notes for you guys. I want to challenge you on this one. Don't compromise your faith for some fantasy. It isn't better, I promise. Whatever it is you think is better than Jesus, it's not better. You just don't know yet. You just haven't been on the other side to know yet. I promise you it's not better. And then the fourth one is the good ground. That's Johnny. There he is. Okay. Yeah, good ground. Yeah, good ground. This is the person that represents someone who actually listens to the truth about Jesus and God's kingdom, but they really hear what's being said. They understand it in their head, but they also feel it in their heart. And then it changes them, not just on the inside. But on the outside, they go out and they put it into practice, what they've heard. Their life starts to look differently. Their relationships start to change. Their priorities begin to shift. They start to impact the people around them positively. They start to meet with God regularly and embrace his family consistently. You don't have to wonder if they're going to be here on Sunday. I know they're going to be here. I don't have to remind them about life group or studying their word on their own. They're already doing it. They can't wait to put into practice what Jesus is teaching them. They start to invest their life for Jesus joyfully and share God's message passionately. The little seeds that are dropped on them start to grow. And before long, they don't even know it. Don't look back, okay? Don't look back. But they don't even know it, but they look around their life, and all around their life is a field of flowers, a field of fruit and harvest, and they didn't even know they were spreading it. They were just so busy doing what Jesus told them to do and following what he told them to follow that before long, it started to pour out into everybody else in their life. Man, they, I really like being around them. They're so positive. They always have some wisdom. I got a problem. They become the person I run to for help and advice, They didn't even know they were becoming that person because it happens slowly too. God's word changes their head, their heart, and their hands. you understand? It's an intellectual change, an emotional change, and a practical change. All three changes. And and if you have one or two of those without the other, it's fake. You ready? I'm just going to call the spade the spade today. If you're trying to figure out what kind of dirt you are, If there isn't change that's happening up here in your head, down here in your heart, and out here with your actions, then you're one of these other dirts. That's what Jesus is telling you. You, If it doesn't affect your actions, then you think you can still live however you want and it won't choke out your faith, and you're wrong, it will choke you out eventually. If you think that it doesn't ever have to affect your heart, you just like what it sounds like and it makes sense in your head, you are like rocky ground and you're not going to stand up unless your heart is really intertwined with the love of Jesus. The storms of life are going to kill you, shrivel you up like the blazing sun. You understand what he's saying? Luke does a great job in his account of summing up what the good soil looks like. Can I read it to you? Luke chapter 8, verse 15, this is what he says. The seed that fell on the good ground represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. you hear what he's saying? It's the people that hear, it's the people that when the seed goes out, right? That's a little bonus for you guys there. When the seed goes out, they don't just hear it, but it makes sense up here in their head. It changes how they feel in their heart, and they go out, and they do something different with their life. It's all three. They patiently produce fruit in their life. They are good-hearted, and they feel it inside, and it makes sense in their head. And Jesus says to those people, I'll give even more understanding, more wisdom, more peace, more joy, more freedom. If you take the little bit I give you, you guys can all put that down. Go back to your seats. I appreciate it. They did a good job, right? They did a good job, except for the, I don't know what that was. That's the story that Jesus told. Does it make sense? I don't know if it makes sense to you or not, but what I don't want to let you go without giving you today is the story behind the story. So here's the story behind the story. You ready? How do you hear? Jesus said, if you got ears to hear, let them hear. If you've got ears to hear what I'm saying, listen and understand it. How? Because I think too often in church or in our own heart, we hear a story like this and we think to ourselves, "Well, I wonder what kind, wonder what kind of ground I am. And you're looking at your life trying to figure out what you do and how you act. and Which ground am I? I think I'm the, the rocky ground or I think I'm the hard ground. I'm trying to figure it out. And you think, well, I guess that's the ground I am. I guess that's what ground I am. As if like the ground just like shows up in your life and you have no control over it. If you have ears to hear, hear what I'm saying and understand Jesus says, how do I hear Jesus? Can I give you the story behind the story? This is how you hear. This is how you go from hard, rocky, thorny ground to good ground. It doesn't happen by chance. So here I'm going to give you a short, simple formula. If you want to become somebody who hears God's message and receives it like the good ground, that benefits fully from it, this is how you do it. You ready? Here's the first thing. What Jesus is really saying, the story behind the story. Choose your ground. Choose your ground. It doesn't just happen by chance. It isn't a coincidence. It doesn't just fall into your lap. You've got to position yourself to receive the seed. You hear what I'm saying? You got a much better chance of getting the seed to dig down into your life and produce something of value here at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning than you do with your eyelids shut at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning in your bed. Does that make sense? You got to position yourself. Choose your ground. Make some non-negotiables. Position yourself to receive God's blessing, his message, his truth, his grace, his blessing, doesn't just magically show up in your life. You position yourself to hear it, to receive it, to have it planted in you. God's blessing doesn't just happen by chance, it happens by choice. You with me? That's the first piece of it. You choose it, choose your ground. Are you in position to receive God's seed today? Because I know he's throwing them out. I know he threw them out last week. I said, that was what I said to Ken. I was like, I don't understand how you could sit there and hear somebody read those verses about what God says and just be like, 'Nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good without you. It all starts with a choice. Choose your ground here's the next piece. Garden your ground. Garden your ground. You know, I don't know if you guys could tell this or not, but every single one of these flower pots I brought today have the exact same dirt in them. In fact, they all look the same. Now, this one's got some thorns sticking up out of it, but if you can look down past the thorns, it's the exact same dirt. You know what the only difference is between the third soil and the fourth soil? The thorny ground and the good ground. You know what the only difference is? Gardening. That's it. There's no difference. And I know you're thinking, I hate gardening. It's hard work, it makes me sweat, and it's never done. Once you finish, you'll be back in like three days. You got to go out there, and then it rains, and you're trying to be thankful for the rain, like just going to make the grass grow. I got to mow quicker if it rains, you know. But you can't coexist your old life with your new life. And so there's some weeds and some thorns. You've got to dig out of your life and throw them away. Or Jesus is never going to be able to dig down into your life and grow. I know it's hard work, I know it's never done. But that's why Paul wrote that I'm crucified with Christ. And so I no longer live. Instead, it's Christ that lives in me. I die to the old me, and I allow the new me, the Jesus me, to flourish. What has to die inside of you so Jesus can live in you? What has to die around you so that Jesus can live in you? What are you holding on to as if it's more valuable and Jesus. Again, I promise you, it's not, you just don't know it yet because you're not on the other side. I promise you, on the other side, it's better. It lasts. It fills you with hope, but they can't coexist. What needs pulled out and tossed away from your life so that God's seed can grow. You choose your ground. You garden your ground, and then you protect your ground. Solomon writes in Proverbs, Guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life, for it determines every piece of your life. Guard your heart. Put up some fence, because the animals are coming out at night to try and eat your fruit. The moths are landing on your leaves, trying to eat through them. The thieves are coming and trying to steal them. The enemy's coming to try and devour and destroy you, to steal your seed away like birds snatching them out of the air like a sun scorching you to death, like thorns choking the life out of you. And so you gotta protect and guard your ground. Protection comes from preparation, always. And the enemy's coming, the storm is on the way, the weeds are growing up, the animals are coming, the moths are trying to eat your leaves. And you've heard me say this before in our church, but you gotta prepare in times of strength to be ready for times of weakness. You can't wait till the bird shows up to snatch that truth away from you. You can't wait till the sun gets real hot. You can't wait until the whole garden is full of rocks. You got to choose your ground, garden it all the time, and protect it when you're strong so that you'll be ready for when you're weak. What is Jesus trying to say? What is the story behind the story? He's trying to tell us today. Choose your ground before your ground chooses you. And you leave looking at yourself thinking like, I guess I'm just the footpath. I guess I'm just the hard ground. I guess I'm just full of rocks. I guess I'm just full of thorns. No, choose your ground. Don't let it choose you. Once you choose it, garden it. Protect it. Throw some, throw some things out that need thrown out, put some things in that need put in. You might need a fence around that bad boy. You might need to go out and water it every day. Make some non-negotiables. You know what? I'm going to be in church no matter what, come hell or high water. I'm going to be there on Sunday morning. I'm going to be part of life group no matter what everybody else is doing. I'm going to meet with God every day in his word. I'm going to hear what he has to say, no matter what somebody else is trying to convince me of. And this happens all the time. And I don't know if you just can't see it, if you're not like on staff at a church, or or if you're just not like, if you just haven't been a Christian long enough. I don't know, but I'm just telling you like, it is so obvious from my perspective when people come through the doors of our church. It's so obvious which one of these you are. They come in like, five. oh, man, I love Jesus. I'm ready to go. What's the last time you're in church? Oh, I haven't been here for 30 years. I love him. I'm ready to serve. Can I preach next week? Like, no, you can't preach next week. Why? Because I know enough to know that most of you is rock. Dig down deep into your faith. Spend some time with Jesus. Get to know him. See if he doesn't mature you. You come to church, I like what I'm hearing. It sounds good. Hey, why don't you do something with now No, I'm good. I just want to. I just want to come and listen, man. What do you mean I shouldn't be sleeping with my girlfriend? What do you mean I shouldn't take that job that keeps me out of church every week? What do you mean I shouldn't be all about the money and the degrees and the trophies? What do you mean? I, I could still be part of all of that. I'm just being real and up front with you, right? This happens all the time. Hey, man, I want to follow Jesus with my whole heart. Great. Let's do it right now. What do I got to do? Just tell him you want to follow him with your whole heart. There's no secret prayer no magic formula just declare that he's your lord and believe that he's enough all by himself and bam you're a christian jesus lives in you i see that all the time and those same people a week later get offered a job that pays them a dollar more an hour but they have to work every sunday and they're like i'll take it i'll take it because jesus wants me to be happy with an extra forty dollars a week right I want to follow Jesus, and they're like, yeah, I'm following Jesus, I can't even wait to jump into the baptism tank, so everybody knows I'm with Jesus, I am down with Jesus, and then the next week you see him at Kroger with a brand new girlfriend who hates God's guts, but doesn't Jesus, he don't want me to be alone, right, and so you bail, thorns all over your life, rocks underneath the surface, so hard nothing can get through, garden your ground choose your ground protect your ground today don't wait i don't know how you could sit and listen to jesus tell this story and walk out and be like i'm good i'm good what if today we got on our knees and said i want to be good ground i choose good ground today jesus i'm not going to wait any longer. I'm going to kick some stuff out of my life that needs taken out of there. And I'm going to build some stuff into my life that needs to be built into there. I'm going to protect my ground, and I'm going to garden it every day. What if we did that today instead of waiting and saying, I'm all good? Because when you wait and say, I'm all good, Jesus's words are clear repeated three times by him, repeated by Isaiah in Isaiah chapter, chapter 6, repeated by Paul in Acts chapter 28. If you hear this truth and are like, I'm good where I am, it'll be taken away from you and given to somebody else who will take it. And you'll be one of those ones be like, I just don't understand what I'm reading in God's word. I tried church, it just didn't work. I went to life group, but it's just not for me. I got a bunch of people, a couple people, the last several weeks, like, man, I love that, doing the church service on uh, YouTube and Facebook. I wish we could video that all the time and do it. And I was like, great, I'm on board with you. All we need is like three people who want that to be their ministry. They want to serve Jesus with it. and they're like, oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm good. Like, what are you talking about? You just want to come in and feel fuzzy inside? You want to feel a warm tingle on your spine? Or you want to get down and be with Jesus every second of every day? Give him everything you got. Serve him. Get to know him. Learn from him. Be with him every second of every day. That's the good ground. Are you down with that? Or are you just looking for a good feeling? Are you down with that? Or are you looking for some gimmick in your life? Are you trying to add Jesus to what you're doing? Or are you surrendering everything you are and saying from now on, I choose good ground. Protect me, Lord. I'm gonna garden it every day. And I'm not gonna let all that other stuff in the world keep me from loving you and being loved by you. Today, choose your ground before it chooses you. I wanna ask you guys, while this song plays, if you will get on your knees if you're able and willing And just tell God today you're choosing to be good ground. And help him to make it clear to you what needs to be gardened out of your life. And help him and ask him to help you that you need protection today for your garden. You need protection for your ground. Will you do that with me over the next couple minutes?